They told me what you doing I said what I'm about to do is turn the fuck up Hi, this is Penny Ken, and you're listening to Dark Matt Podcast. Hey guys, this is Selena de la Venga, from Promociones Dorado and MLW. You're listening to Dark Match Podcast. You are currently listening to the Dark Match Podcast, but more importantly, you're listening to the voice of the first and only ever two-time Rookie of the Year, Jackson Argos. What the fuck? Like, what is wrong with you? Now, I know it's no excuse, but I've literally haven't had an opportunity to truly like sit down, do anything. And I, I apologize because we were very, we kind of went radio silent all across social media uh, this past week. We really didn't touch on anything. We didn't yeah, post anything. We kind of, I, I would say we kind of dropped the ball. I, I would say I dropped the ball more than anything. I, I wouldn't say we, I wouldn't loop we into this. I just. Uh, with everything going on, especially in my business, sorry, it, life get life gets in the way. Oh, absolutely. So life definitely gets in the way, but especially with my profession, like the start of the month. Wow, I'm dropping stuff already. Look yeah, at me you over really here. Are. Uh, I'm really fumbling over here. Great job. But like at the beginning of the month, it, it's so it, it's just like go 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 go, and then like nearing like the middle of the month, it's more relaxed and then with everything going on with like virtual learning trying to get everything figured out with that and put all these puzzle pieces together it was like saturday when i was like holy shit i haven't posted anything on social media like we dropped the episode and i didn't even like post any like artwork and nothing to let people know that it was even available i kind of got behind on well, the funny thing is, like, it, it definitely showed, like, how many people actually, like, follow along. Because, like, hey, I haven't posted anything, but people are still listening. So it was good to see, oh, like, fantastic. that it, it was a nice little tester. It, it was not necessarily the way that I wanted to do it, but it, it was a nice way to see, like, hey, people actually do listen to our episode if we don't even post anything, which is good. It, it's It was a, a good little... Uh, experiment it wasn't the experiment i wanted but like friday worked all day and then saturday when it finally clicked like hey you haven't posted literally anything across social media Uh, i was at work all day on sunday uh, we had family over on on monday we had family over literally not even opportunity then earlier today like we're, we're recording now today was the kids first day of virtual learning literally the worst freaking idea ever but what are you going to do there's really nothing we can do at this point but trying to convince a four-year-old to sit at an ipad and watch someone talk for hours on end i don't even like virtual meetings and i get paid to go to them and i I never had to do any of that yeah we, we didn't but now here's the funny thing now that you think about it so when we were kids now we granted we grew up in a in a school district that didn't believe in snow days. But we, we had like one, maybe like after second grade, we had one, maybe, I think. Maybe like, like where they, they allotted you like five per year. I think from like third through we graduated high school, there were probably five total. I, I think, I think that's even being generous too. Cause I, I know we had one when I was in seventh grade. But I wasn't going to school that day anyway. 
I had already had that day off. I, I had somewhere to be and go figure we had a snow day that day. And then I think we had one when like we were in high school. I think it was like our junior or senior year. I don't know, man. I, I don't know either, that's, but... It, you're, you're tr- that's way too far back, man. Well, it, but g- the point I was getting at is now with this virtual learning and like Google Meet and Zoom and all this, are snow days just going to be Zoom days? Like, are kids still going to have to participate in school and they Probably can't even... No, because this at least you can plan for. Yeah. Like, snow days, snow days, not really. I... I I don't know. I, I see it potentially happening, but there's a lot of things we definitely want to touch on. Obviously, we do want to apologize to our guests. We didn't give you artwork. He, he did say that he wouldn't go Benoit on me, so I do appreciate that. But uh, we didn't get his artwork out, and I, I I dropped the ball for Cody from the Eccentric Section podcast, so uh, I will definitely make it up to you. But th- there's a lot of things to touch on. There's a, a lot of uh, negativity coming out from this past weekend's event with All Out. A lot of negativity on that, and some of it even apparently spanned into Monday Night Raw. This coming weekend, we have IWC Super Indie 19, which we're going to touch on. Uh, on top of that as well, well, we'll touch on some other major stories in the wrestling world, and maybe we'll just... There are major stories? Major stories. <laughs> There's a lot of stories, so we'll touch on a large majority of that, but... We have an exciting interview. It was touched on in a previous interview that we had, and we want to get their perspective, and let's get right into it right now. Do you see me? Do you see what I become? I'm not the same beast. I'll leave a scar on all I touch You think you know me now Is it better than I know myself? I know it hurts like hell Admitting just how you've misjudged All my life I've been told the same old Don't step out, don't test them all We know you're Kanye, we know you so much better than you know yourself To the ones that won't engage me And the same Triana cage me But again, sit still or I won't be This is someone that was mentioned with when we had the Rev Ron Hunt on. And we, unfortunately, we got into like a conversation after we started, after we stopped recording that was. And it was a nice little back and forth, but it was something that we had discussed previously uh, regarding, obviously, the revolt in the past. And we, we got into it and he mentioned this individual that... I've known that this individual and followed his career. I didn't know the ramifications legally right now with what's going on with his persona. I had no idea. So we're happy to have him on, but there's obviously a lot more that we want to touch on than just current trademarks or a wonderful shirt, Fuck Your Trademark, which, trust me, we love, but on the line with us right now, we have none other than Matt Connor. First and foremost, before we dive into everything, how you doing? 
I'm doing well, man. I'm, I appreciate you guys having me on. Oh, we appreciate you coming on. I, I know it's uh, a little last minute. It's a little late in the evening, so we appreciate you taking time out of your evening to talk to two individuals that are just sitting down in the basement right now. We're we're not drinking, which is really uh, which is really dude, surprising dude, for dude, us right now. Yeah, we're really out of it. Yeah, we're out of our element today, so we uh, apologize As in you advance. Move the Bud Light can. I. I I've literally had this open um, for probably 20 minutes, oh, and it's a full can, yeah, which is problems. very much unlike us. Yeah, we have problems. Well, we do. So you're drinking water. I'm drinking a Bud Light orange. No, it is. I'll give you it's iced tea. It is iced tea. Okay, cool. So but before we kind of dive into this, obviously, hopefully you're drinking for the two of us because we're, we're really slacking today, which if you haven't listened to our episode, we're usually... Uh, about a twelve pack deep by this point, but come on, give us some credit. Okay, as wife, maybe a as sixteen Shannon pack. In the background. Oh. Okay, maybe a sixteen pack. Okay, <laughs> maybe, maybe sounded a little better. No, usually like two or three deep yeah, or something. I don't like that. have my beer helmet here with me, my friend. Okay, well, remember it next week. But first and foremost, you're you're calling us. I, I see your area code. Are you originally from the Pittsburgh area? No, I'm actually originally from West Virginia. Um. That's where I started my career. I moved up here about eight years ago now. I think I've been in Pittsburgh. So it's uh, obviously I like it much better. I stay here. Uh, it's far more far more fruitful, especially in the wrestling scene. There's so much wrestling going on in this city um, that I just couldn't imagine going back, which I do from time to time, but it's... It's uh, it's few and far between as far as quality companies down there. Understandable. And were you in more of a rural area in West Virginia, or more of a highly populated kind of business community? Let me tell you how rural my uh, hometown was. It, the name of my hometown was literally not named Rock Cave. Wow. Like I, like the town was literally Rock. I lived in a rock cave. Oh, oh wow! Growing up, so uh, any any city or town is a step up population wise from where I grew up. So, like, if you had a Walmart in the city, it was like a step up. Yeah, the closest Walmart was like thirteen miles outside of town. Oh, geez! So we, we did not even have a Walmart. I think we have like a Walmart within like five minutes of any direction we go. Hell, that that sounds exactly like a like my girlfriend's town. Yeah, that, no. That apparently, as she was growing up, it, like there was a huge fight to get the Walmart to show up there. Oh, jeez! Like in our town, I we we had an abundance of everything. Like we are the the farthest things from rule. So I understand. Like it, I, I've lived in rule. I I spent nine weeks in rule. I, I lived in upper like near Upper Peninsula, Michigan. I gave it nine weeks. And I couldn't do it. I, I I'm a city boy, unfortunately, and yeah. I to even get to civilization, you had to drive twenty five to thirty minutes just to find civilization. Right. I, I couldn't do it. So I I I understand why you you go back, but you go back in just variation. You go back just to say hi. I guess you could say. Yeah, I go I go back to see family and to kind of have a breather from the hustle and bustle of the city. But by the time my visit down there is done, I'm definitely ready to come back. So it's, it's, I treat it more as a reset button than uh, anything these days. Now, did you move to the Pittsburgh area strictly for the wrestling scene? 
No, uh, originally I moved up here to uh, uh, move in with my longtime girlfriend at the time, uh, which eventually evaporated, unfortunately. But I, uh, when things fell apart, I had I had a decision to make: either go back to my hometown that's familiar and safe, or stay try to stay here in the city and continue pursuing my wrestling career here. So I decided to stay here because there's far more opportunities here than there were back home. So I just uh, happened to move up here for one reason. And then I, when that reason went away, I stayed. Now, what kind of steps did you take? Cause you said that you moved up there, a, a relationship unfortunately evaporated and yeah. you, you needed to continue with your career. But uh, uh-huh. a couple steps back from there, where did the wrestling bug kind of hit you? The wrestling bug uh, originally came from my father. Uh, my father was a big wrestling fan, and I, my, my earliest memory of wrestling stems from when I was six years old, watching wrestling with him. I remember so vividly seeing Goldust for the first time. And it wasn't necessarily his wrestling. It wasn't necessarily any of the androgynous stuff he was doing. I'm just seeing this larger-than-life like spectacle in front of my eyes, this guy in this bright gold jumpsuit with the paint and the hair and all this bright gold yellow lighting. And I'm just like, what is this? Like, what is, what am I looking at right now? It's just, I had never seen anything before like it. And then from that, I continued watching everything and see watching these impressive, like athletics and over the top characters. And, uh, I just, I was dazzled by it, and the bug bit me right then and there, and from the age of six, it just never left me. So it was gold dust that kind of brought you into the realm of everything, like... Yeah, it was gold dust that caught my attention. Like, people, I've heard people tell stories about, like, flipping channels, seeing the Ultimate Warrior, or Hogan, or some larger-than-life character catch their eye, and for me, it was gold dust for some reason. For me, it was it was Jake the Snake Roberts. So you see, you say that, and Jake uh, going to more of a influ- influential side of things. Jake is my biggest influence in wrestling. I like, I love Jake the Snake Roberts. Like people credit Brett and Sean and all, you know, you go down the list of people who are their biggest influences as far as in ring work go jake is mine like jake is my hogan he's my pinnacle as far as idols go so it's funny you say that oh and his promos too were just that that's the thing that you know caught my attention so much about jake because people people tell me how they were scared of like taker and vader and these big like monstrous looking men when Jake scared the shit out of me when I was a kid. Not because he had a goddamn snake. It wasn't the snake. It wasn't the snake though. It It wasn't the snake though. It was the fact that when you listen to him talk and you look at this man, that's a monster. Like that's a real monster that you could run into in a dark alley and you're shit out of luck. Like, yeah, that's what scared me. And by proxy captivated me about Jake. Oh yeah, he just—he never yelled. He never had to yell. It was just the way that his voice just brought you in, and immediately just brought fear to your life. 
And I, I was immediately just drawn in to, to Jake the Snake Roberts. Now, granted, the snake helped, too. <laughs> it didn't hurt. It, it didn't hurt, but it, it was just he never yelled. It was always the same tone, no matter what he was trying to get across. It was always the same tone. It, 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 and I, I mentioned this numerous times on the show. The I don't even need to say anything to get you sitting on the edge of your seat. That That promo itself. Who thinks of that, especially in that time frame where trying to sell an event was so important and he goes off on a promo where he's just moving his lips, nothing's coming out, and uh, are you okay? No, it's I don't even need to say anything to get get you to sit on the edge of your seat. Absolutely perfect. No matter what he said, it it brought you in. And the same thing with The Undertaker. He never yelled. He, He was... Let's face it, he was a dead man. Yeah. So, uh, you were brought into it, but the way that he spoke, it captivated you. It drew you in. So that that was the character when I was scrolling that I immediately saw. Now, granted, the snake was the main reason why I stopped of in course. the first place. Yeah. But, so uh, you kind of get drawn in by, by Goldust. You start <laughs> watching from there, but what was kind of that stepping point to say, you know what, I want to do this with my life? You know, it wasn't even, and I feel funny telling people the story, but it's true. It wasn't even a match. It wasn't a particular performer. It was a moment. I remember it was the Monday Night Raw after, I believe it was 99 No Mercy. It was the night after that uh, that Hardy's Edge and Christian tag team ladder match. And the two, the two teams came to the ring, had a face-to-face. There was no, like, brawling. They just had a face-to-face, and before anything happened, the crowd just, in the entire arena, just stood to their feet and gave them a standing ovation. Oh, I, re- I still remember that. And just the the sight of this moment occurring gave me goosebumps. Not, I'm sure, couldn't imagine, you know, the reaction to them, but to me, I just got goosebumps by looking at this, these men getting this grand admiration for their hard work, and I was like, man, I want, I want that feeling. And just even looking at the face of like Matt Hardy, like in that moment, like you just see Ooh. his face where it's just kind of, he gets that like aha moment, like holy shit, we really did something last night. Like to, it was probably just another match, but wow, like this really captivated the audience. Like you can see in their faces how caught off guard they are by the the sudden appreciation that the crowd is showing them and just like wow all those bumps all those bruises and scrapes that we got from last night matter that was actually the first wrestling event i ever went to where i knew exactly what i was going to i do have to specify that because i did go to SummerSlam in like 94 95 somewhere around there but i thought i was going to a cleveland cavaliers game and my buddy just asked if I wanted to go to an event at the Gun Arena. And I was like, yeah, like I'm thinking I'm going to watch basketball. No, I was going to watch wrestling. And it was a great time, but I, I, I didn't follow wrestling like vividly at that time. But right. uh, the first event I went to was actually No Mercy in, in Cleveland for wow. that ladder match. Yeah, I sat in the second to last row in the Gun Arena. And <laughs> nice. <laughs> oh yeah, like the second to last row, like literally up in the rafters. I actually, the person that took me 
rented binoculars so I could see. That's how far away we really were from it. Nice. But I just remember being like, I, I think I was like 10 or something. But even after that match, like the Hardys match, I'm standing up like, holy crap. Like, I don't know what I just saw, but that was amazing. And I, I right. granted, I want I wanted Edge and Christian to win at the time, but I wasn't even <laughs> upset that the Hardys won. I was like, wow, like that was that was fantastic. It's so, a, it's that it's that weird thing, especially when you're a kid and you buy into the heels and face of it. That when a match is so good and it's so innovative and it catches you so off guard, doesn't matter if the heels win or not. By the end of it, you're like, I'm just happy that match occurred. That was great. Like I don't care who won. That was. fantastic and that's funny how wrestling works like that when a match just hits all checks all the right boxes at the right moment it just takes all the all the heel face elements out of it's just like that was fantastic as a fan of the art i appreciated that yeah like where you go into it and like halfway through the match you're like i don't even care anymore like they could could go forever right i remember going into that event like i hated hated triple h yeah so that's the one thing that stands out to me i there were two people on the event that i hated more than anything and that was triple h and the british bulldog and granted Mm. at at that age like being able to say like i've seen the british bulldog wrestle like yeah and i didn't think well at the same point i also saw the fabulous moolah wrestle too Uh, so uh, (laughs) that that was an event in itself for for the history books but yeah so what kind of steps did you take from there? Because you wanted that, that crowd reaction. You wanted that admiration from fans like mm-hmm. for a job well done. What, right. what steps from there did you take to pursue that dream? Well, uh, I mean, with wrestling, you know, there are all different forms of entertainment within that under that one roof. There's There's theatrics, there's acrobatics, there's a ton of different elements all stirred in the one that equal professional wrestling. So I wanted to pursue, uh, initially, uh, some theater work, but unfortunately my high school did not offer a drama club or anything like that. So what, what I did, we had these annual talent shows at my school. So I gathered my wrestling maniac friends. We got some rolling mats from the gymnasium and we just put on really mwah, classic wrestling matches for the talent shows. Nice. <laughs> That's fantastic. And ha- uh, like they let us use risers and ladders and ch- how they let us get away with bashing each other's heads in with chairs and doing really like uh, unsafe things to one another on school property i'll never be able it's probably because the town was so uh hole in the wall but yeah twice a year at those talent shows we would go and we would put on some sort of wrestling match and that was my first taste of getting a real crowd reaction from some of the things we were doing because we weren't putting on any sort of technical classic we were beating the crap out of each other for an objects but to that particular crowd that's what wrestling was see you were able to get away with it because a was what was on tv and b nobody understood concussions and cte yet exactly exactly (laughs) especially on young underdeveloped brains exactly yeah 
It's like it, we're we're doing it in the backyard. Why not just do it supervised here? If it gets out of control, we'll we'll cut it loose. There will be a teacher that'll get in the way. <laughs> they'll, they'll play them off like the Oscars. They'll just start playing <laughs> someone's music in the background, and that's how the look, match ends. What's the difference between giving you a pile driver on the trampoline and a pile driver on the on on the show choir stage? I don't understand. I Same. well, you know, just a little. Give. <laughs> just a little give. Just a little give. <laughs> just a little bit. Until it comes back up at you. But yeah. I feel this is a proper opportunity to add in, like, the don't try this at home. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Absolutely. You should not be doing that at home. If there are any young kids listening, do not do that. I'm still experiencing residual aches and pains, not from my actual wrestling career, but from what I did when I was a teenager. Yeah. Oh, he has not seen our shirt that the show is for the effing kids. It is for the effing <laughs> kids. We're, we're also waiting on the cease and assist from uh, WWE for the... Uh, <laughs> since we uh, we dubbed the uh, Monday Nitro logo, so we're, we're waiting on our cease and assist as well. But Well, I think they're a little busy trying to... <laughs> To kill trying ever. to make make sure they own all their talent's actual names instead of chasing you down. So I think you're fine right yeah. now. We're, we're good for they're, a little they're bit. They're killing the yeah. cameo. They, they, they are. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. Just it, the the list of things that they're they're going through right now. I mean, for for crying it's out loud, fucking dumb. We're it, not it even, we're not getting into it. We're no, not we're, we're not going to get into it. At we're, least not we're right gonna, now. Not right now. That that's a, a nice little. Uh, a nice little tease for for later on down the road in this interview, but sure. obviously you're putting on these talent shows, and yeah, I, I would assume that that wasn't the the tape that you sent in to promoters, like, hey, book me. <laughs> so at, at least I hope not. But what steps did you take to improve your wrestling skills, other than hey, watch me take a chair to the head really quick? Well, I did what everyone should do. And I sought out actual training. Um, I feel I, like you, was, you deserve like a Hardy Boys round of applause for that one. We're going to stand up for that one. <laughs> <laughs> Look, they did it their way, and that's great. But not the, the, those guys are an anomaly. Oh, yeah. Like, those guys are one in a billion. Everyone else, get trained. Um, I, which in rural West Virginia is very, very hard to, to pin down unless you're willing to relocate. Which in my situation, I was, I was too, uh, a lack of a better term, I was too poor to be able to to be able to relocate to chase that dream. So after some researching, I found a school down in Parkersburg, West Virginia. Well, originally, I found a school down there uh, run by a guy named Mike Howerton, um, who thankfully redirected me for whatever reason, to a gentleman named Brian Logan. Now, for those who don't know who Brian is, Brian Logan was a part of the original Smoky Mountain Wrestling. Um, he was he portrayed a, a character, I believe, named the Hornet. Um, and then later on, he was one half of the original Disciples of Sin and OVW with uh, Wolfie D and Batista. Um, and he spent some time in Puerto Rico, Brian's very uh, seasoned and well-traveled. I was very fortunate to find him because if I had not found Brian, I don't know where my career would have went. I may have you know, been one of those T-shirt-wearing local yokels that just wrestle uh, for fun every once a month, which is nothing wrong with that, but that's I wanted more out of my career than that. 
And I feel like with Brian's knowledge and his uh, his teachings, it gave me the tools to be able to go after much more than that. Yeah, and especially being in rural West Virginia, having an opportunity to learn from someone that's just not throwing some and excuse the term here, but like throwing some haystacks down, like in a barn, like, okay, yes. I'm going to, I'm going to show you what you're going to do here. So being able to find someone that's as seasoned and, and someone, who's, someone who's actually been to the dance or at least close to it. it yeah. And has learned from people that have been there as well. So that can, exactly that can obviously teach you as opposed to, Hey, this is how you can take a bump on a trampoline. Right. So what was that experience like kind of going from – did you kind of walk in there like, hey, like here's my promo video from shows that I've done in the past, or was it clean slate, I'm, I'm walking in, I'm, I'm ready to learn? God, Brian would have beat the shit out of me if I did that. Um, no, I, I read enough wrestling books and watched enough wrestling documentaries and like had enough brains in my head to know – to go in there, sit down, shut up, and just listen to him. Like, anything you were doing beforehand doesn't matter. Like, you were playing around with your friends. You're going in here to learn and to work. So that's what I did. I just shut the fuck up. If anything, I tried... You know what? Here's a funny story. Um, <laughs> we uh, Wrestling came through my town a couple times a year. Not WWE, but like uh, an indie promotion. Funny enough, ran by... Howerton and Brian. So, uh, my friends and I were at one of their shows. Brian was in the main event wrestling um, a gentleman named Devin Michaels, who recently passed away. It was sad. I knew Devin a little bit. He was not. Uh, anyway, I'm digressing. We were sitting there. Brian was cutting a promo, trying to at least. And a buddy of mine, uh, just continuously booed over him. Every time Brian tried to open his mouth, my friend would boo him. So Brian could not get an edge, a word out edgewise. So rightfully so, in a moment of frustration, Brian came out, pushed his way through the crowd because we were like four rows deep and just got nose to nose with my friend. Um, it could have easily turned into something ugly. They dejected my friend. And uh, Brian went back in to continue his promo. I was standing right next to my friend. Three years later, I hook up with Brian. Thank God he didn't remember my face. <laughs> <laughs> and I never told him that story out of fear that he would just, like, disown me immediately. Like, I would have waited but, until, like, after he threw the title on you. Like, hey, like, there's something I wanted to bring to your attention. <laughs> <laughs> well, the funny enough about that is, like, all right. I meet Brian, sit down, shut up. I learn from him. Three months into it, um, he disappears. Um, wow. Brian had a little bit of a, a rough go of it for a while when I met him. Like, there was a long patch there where he just wasn't a good way, and this was one of them. And he just up and left town. And I didn't, you know, I don't think I talked or saw it to Brian again for another six, seven years after that when I had already established a career. So while my time with Brian was brief, it was uh, essential and uh, paramount to starting my career that way. 
Yeah, and you've definitely had quite the career. I mean, we we can go down the line of all of your accolades and and championships that kind of spanned from that time in there. And obviously, if people don't know you from the Headless Horsemen's and uh, all the other championships you've held and. IWA and, and Remix, I, I mean, all these people kind of, I, I feel like they owe us some uh, some sponsorship dollars right here to, to support them. We, we, we could definitely use it. <laughs> we could definitely use it. We're running out of beer money, so yeah, we please, we're, we're still waiting on that sponsorship, but yeah. it, in, in due time, but obviously... After you got out of wrestling school, you you did find uh, a little bit of a niche. But tell us a little bit how you came to the character that you have today. Well, uh, when I originally started, the character was by name alone. Um, because who I was when I started you d- did not resemble a Reaper at all. It was like... What is Reaperish about you? I was, if you dig deep enough, you can find it. I was a tall, scrawny kid with a chin beard and a leather vest. I looked like a WCW job guy. Um, <laughs> like it was bad. Um, I've seen pictures. Yeah, well, then you know. <laughs> then you know. I didn't um, want to say anything, but yes. No, <laughs> it's it's exactly what you would say it is. It's terrible. Uh, it, it's not it terrible. Was, you're you're in better shape than me, so. And to avoid you from jumping out onto the barricade and getting in my face, you, you look better than me. But I agree with the WCW jobber, but in no way am I going to say you look terrible because I am no spring chicken. I I looked generic. I was, I was paint by numbers. I was cookie cutter. Like, I was just a guy in a leather vest with a scowl on his face. There was nothing... There was nothing stand stand outish about me it just i just had this name that my father had come up with the reaper which was spawned from the sons of anarchy show that was popular at the time uh he he and i watched that and he's and their logo was a grim reaper and he just kind of snapped his finger like what about reaper the reaper i don't think there's been a reaper i'm like you're right there hasn't been a reaper that's something and I didn't really get to start the idea of, like, I could do more with this than I'm allowing myself until about a year or so later into my career. I, I met a guy named Zach Vincent. Now, I don't know how many people are aware of Zach, but Zach is one of the most agile and unique performers I've ever been in a ring with. He the things he can do with his body are ridiculous. Um, Zach, in his uniqueness, encouraged me to go further with it. Where I was afraid things would come off as campy or corny, he's like, "No, no, try this. Put this cloak on. Now try the skull mask. Like try this." Like, the worst that can happen is, all right, this isn't connecting. Let's try something else. Like, at the very least, you'll add something to make people go, you see that guy in the fucking skull mask and the cloak? That oh, was yeah. something. As opposed to, uh, uh, do what was that guy's name? I don't know. Fucking forget it. So I started experimenting, and I just kept evolving it and evolving it until, you know, the present day when I've, you know, I've found these, like, 
this lady, this woman that makes these extravagant cloaks for me, Kim Kyla from Kyla Custom Rockwear, and I've just found my own niche. So I guess the moral of the story is, kids, if you're in the wrestling business, don't be afraid to be different. Experiment. Yeah, and go off of what could necessarily be popular and and build from there. So you, you got your, your, I guess you could say your inspiration from a television show. And let's face it, there, there's a large majority of superstars today that are basing their entire characters off of someone that they've grew up with they've seen in a movie and like whether it be like butch cassidy or uh tony montana or insert anything all movies that you probably haven't even seen by the way you knew i was gonna mention that yeah so but it's all from it's all from your own personal experience it's something that you can relate to and that's what brought this reaper character so Obviously, the Reaper character has done you well over the years, but just recently, if those individuals, yeah, let out that big sigh right now. Yeah. Because <laughs> obviously, there's another individual that just came out that is trying to take the Reaper persona and trademark it. And that individual, if no one is familiar with this guy, I think he goes by Ty Dillinger. No, I'm just kidding. He goes by Sean Spears now in AEW, uh-huh. has yeah. taken the Reaper persona. So uh, you, you've you come out with some fantastic artwork. you come out with some fantastic merchandise. Like I mentioned previously, fuck your trademark. I yeah. absolutely love that shirt, by the way. But <laughs> Thanks, man. And it's available at ProWrestlingTees.com. If you haven't gone so to get it yet, head on over to Pro Wrestling Tees. It is available in all sizes. But yes, sir. Tell us a little bit about this dilemma that you're currently dealing with with this guy that – now, correct me if I'm wrong. You've worked with him on the indies. Is that correct? Yeah, this is where the whole thing stems from. I was on a show with him in Nitro, West Virginia for IWA East Coast in October of last year. Now, I wasn't working with him. He was working with uh, Jason Giff-Kincaid, another great talent. If you're not aware, you should check him out. Very and, I, and I can't... Who was it? I was working with Josh... I Was it Josh? Yeah, Josh Crane, I believe, that night, who was another great talent. Um... So we weren't even interacting with one another. I went up. I said, hello, sir. We did our usual wrestler handshake shit. And then we went on our way. So I figure he's the name. He's not going to pay attention to anybody who he doesn't need to, which and that night is only Jason. So whatever. Went about my business. We had the show. He had his match with Jason, did his merch shit, and he left early. So I was like, well, that's that. There goes Sean Spears. I'll never have to, you know interact with him again probably who knows three months later in january i was i don't even know where i was i was out and about somewhere and i get a notification i get tagged in this tweet by somebody i look and they tagged me in this article from WrestleZone reporting that sean spears had applied for the trademark of the reaper and i was like what the fuck is this so i go and read he had applied for it and I just immediately like that motherfucker. Like I don't know, I don't know at what point. Like whether he was watching my match, whether he had looked at match graphics, where he saw or heard 
my name where he's like, that's a good name. I'm really unoriginal. I could really do something with that. Um, but somewhere along the way, he didn't. He locked it down, and he would have had to do it quick because I have been doing my own trademarking lately to lock some other shit down. And it's a bit of a process to get it. Like, there's a three-month process to get it through sometimes, and that motherfucker would have had to do it very soon to get it uh, newsworthy by January. Oh, so yeah. he must have jumped right on that shit. Yeah, and so, and you can you can spew like just coincidence, but it, it, it isn't it a little convenient that he works with you in October, and then uh, come January, he applies for the trademark for your own persona. That's what I'm saying. Like the like, it's a little too convenient. Like if I'd never crossed paths with the guy, I would have just said, I just would have thought, hey, great minds think alike. That sucks. I'll have to move on. I was on the same show with that motherfucker, and a few months later, he's like not a few, less than like three. He's take he's got my name on lockdown. Yeah, like that's that's more than convenience. Oh, I completely agree. And, yeah, and it kind of just goes back. I know we mentioned it previously with the whole revolt, where both, well, they go by FTR now, but there's yeah. a tag team out of North Carolina. That uh-huh. goes by the revolt that have been around for a long period of time. Yeah. And go figure, this tag team of FTR that's also from North Carolina decides, hey, we're going to go out on our own and we're going to go by the revolt. Doesn't it? And if I've heard mixed things. I've heard that they had worked with them. They were familiar with them. I, I don't know if there's truth to that, but... It's a little convenient that you're in the same territory. You know of each other. Hey, I'm just going to take it, and I'm going to take it to a bigger platform, and mm-hmm. I'm just going to steal everything that you have because uh, you, you've spent years doing this. He, he's on a main stage. He was known as the Perfect Ten forever. Yeah. Okay, now I'm going to be the Reaper. Explain to me how the hell that's even convenient, first and foremost. Well, here's the thing that's kicking. That's the biggest kicker for me about it. He's not fucking using it. No. He trademarked it. It's been long enough to where it's permanent now. Like, he owns it for at least two years unless he re- re- renews it. And he's not fucking using it. Is he just collecting fucking gimmicks to use in case of a rainy day? Like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, either use my name or let it go. You greedy motherfucker. Sorry. <laughs> no, speak your mind. Let it out. Because no. I, I completely agree with you. It's just, if you're going to take it, use it. If you you took it and then you decided, or management or whatever said, you know what, that just, that's not going to work. That's not the direction we have. Okay, drop the trademark then. Because wh- what's the point of having it? I'm just like, look at this motherfucker. He's the chairman. He's heartless. He's fucking got a million names already you're fucking undecisive that's what you are like fucking find something your own you prick yeah that's true well he he's the perfect 10 he's probably like the perfect 10 gimmicks now like he's he's gonna go for like split personalities and he's just i thought i thought matt hardy had an identity crisis this motherfucker (laughs) (laughs) just sweeping up trademarks nonstop. jesus where do you currently stand with that have you have you seek your own legal counsel to kind of fight back i have saw i i i 
tried going down that road to see if there's anything I could do. And there was a small window where I could have, I could have gone and tried to fight it, but the, the amount of money it would have taken just to appeal it and apply for my own was more than I had accessible. Like I just couldn't financially do it. And had I, had I dig deep and went into debt a little bit to do it, he could have easily countermarked it and we could have went into the, a long expensive fight over this if he really wanted to hold on to it. So the risk reward ratio for me, was just out of balance. I, it just, I couldn't do it. Yeah. And so, and granted, I'm, I'm sure you kind of weighed the, okay, well this could get me press that I'm looking for, but it is at the right press that I'm looking to attain. Right. And how quickly am I going to recoup the losses from fighting for this name? Uh, when in reality it wouldn't be quick enough. Like, have you thought of like a new persona that's kind of similar to the Reaper? Obviously you don't have to tell us, but like, have you thought Um, of like new ways that you can build off of that and just not go by the Reaper? Yes. Yeah, actually I, uh, I've talked about this a little bit. I've already locked, uh, copywritten and locked down a new persona. Oh, outstanding. Uh, Yeah. I, henceforth uh shall be known as uh, the death dealer i like that i actually like that a lot better yeah i it's i i spitballed a bunch with some friends and went back and forth and this is just the one that feels the best um so i immediately locked that shit down and it's mine and if you so, want to be cheesy it kind of rhymes the reaper the death dealer now you just need it right <laughs> kind of Kind of. kind of and it, it intermingles too so yeah like yeah with all of your your move set you don't have to change the name of it now yeah you, you, it in, intertwines together so it, yeah it, um, i like that better I, I i personally i mean good riddance i mean keep your fu- <laughs> keep your trademark you ungrateful prick yeah yeah at this point that's kind of my attitude about it. i had a long talk with uh i, d- I did a separate pod with uh with uh, David Lawless, who's an actual lawyer, um, we're very familiar with uh, with the regulators, my friend. Yes, David Lawless, good buddy of mine. He's such a good guy. I don't know if you guys have been keeping tabs on the stuff. He's like the lawsuit he just won for G Raver. Um, I'm very familiar with that. Actually, yeah. he's such a good guy. I love Lawless. Um, but basically, he he uh, really. Uh, pushed to me that it isn't the name that makes a performer it's uh, the talent far outweighs whatever you call yourself like you can call me uh i don't know billy uh billy balloon and it still won't take away the uh the talent or the skills that i have or the matches i've had the championships i've won it won't take those things away just by calling me something else yeah and it like just it, I apologize for interrupting. But no, you're you're fine. It, it's not gonna it, it's not gonna change your mindset. It, it's it, it's simply just it, it's just a name. It, it, exactly. And it's good having that persona and obviously having that friend that's there to remind you. Look, it's it's just a name. But yeah, it, it's funny that you brought that because I've read numerous things about G Raver and his argument with. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. I hope I'm not mixing this up, but he just won the battle with Jim Cornette, correct? 
Yes, that's okay, correct. Perfect. I didn't know that Lawless was in charge of that. Yeah, Lawless was uh, was his attorney for that. Wow. Lawless, Lawless is the area's go-to law advice guy. We all go to Lawless for things of that nature, like, hey, man, should I worry about this? What can I do about this? And uh, he's helped out a lot more than Raver. I don't know specifics and names, but I've heard mention on top of Raver. He's helped a lot of guys out in that area. I just, I feel dumb because, like, I followed that because, granted, I'm not a huge Jim Cornette fan. Right. And, uh, the yeah, we we don't need to get into that nope, either. No. Nope. Nope. Yeah, nope. that's a that's a completely different podcast. It, that <laughs> that's jeez, that's a series. That is a yeah. series. That's not even a podcast. That that's like <laughs> what if I told you? What if I told you in a world where <laughs> the wrestling world was evolved, there was a dipshit that was stuck <laughs> in his way. Like right. I just right. sold that. We we need to get lawless and trademark that right now with series <laughs> right now. Get our own trademark on that shit. But hey, you better jump this, on that. <laughs> Here's my take it if he hears this. ES, oh, ESPN presents. This is Jim Cornette. No, Dave <laughs> Meltzer. Dave Meltzer is probably taking it over. Like, ooh, I like that idea. I'm gonna take it. Like and trademark that shit. Uh, Fuck okay. Dave Meltzer too. Hey, Lawless. Yeah. Lawless, yeah, for... uh, help. <laughs> yeah. We should really talk to him and find out the ramifications that we have with our shirt encouraging children to watch our sh- to listen to our show. That's what we really need to seek his advice on. Because we, yeah, could, you guys could be in a bit of a mess. <laughs> we're gonna be fucked. Like, <laughs> like I we do put explicit on all of our episodes, but our merchandise really doesn't. Help. Doesn't like it really doesn't help. It doesn't help at all. But I mean, the shirt's cool. Let, really let's is. face let's it. Be honest. It's, kind of, it's, it's pretty bad. Yeah, we're not jumping down the rabbit hole of Jim Cornette right now. Okay. But like with everything that's going on with with G Raver and all these people just stealing these ideas. Mm-hmm. Obviously, with with twenty twenty, it's a it's a crazy year. What have you kind of found yourself doing to to stay positive? Obviously, at this whole trademark dilemma probably didn't help and then COVID-19 let's face it we're all going through our own shit right now with it but how have you found yourself staying positive in the wrestling community and then also just trying to move forward with this new gimmick um largely I've just tried to separate myself from the toxic uh the toxic environment that is social media wrestling um, because just like any form of social media, as far as I'm concerned, there's a toxic underbelly to it that I just don't want to be a part of. So I've done, tried very hard to, while keeping my finger on the pulse, just separating myself from social media as much as possible. And also just trying to use it to, sh- uh, to share and promote the positive aspects and the positive people that I want to help and, and highlight. So I'm just trying to use the tools that I have for good and just try to avoid and stay out of the bad. And also just try to improve myself as much as possible during this time where it's essentially it's a reset button for most people. Like most of us, aside from one or two shows that are starting to pop up here and there, none of us are wrestling. Like people are finding ways, they're finding avenues, but a lot of us we're not wrestling, at least not as regularly as we used to. So this should be a time for people to to recoup, uh, reassess, and 
prepare for a time when we start to wrestle again where are when this is over who are you where are you going what are you going to do oh yeah and there's there's not a whole lot of shows but uh, the shows that are being put out obviously we we touch on what we're going to touch on some of the shows that have happened over the course of the last few weeks and the latter part of this episode but uh, the shows that are coming out obviously these people are are literally traveling upwards of six seven hours just to see wrestling so in a community that is starving for it you you're truly seeing the diehard fans uh, which every let's face it every promotion is is clamoring for at this point but you say that you're avoiding the the toxicity of social media and that's a conversation just like the the one that we need to we need to talk to Lawless about beforehand. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, we could fall down a rabbit hole with that too. So we're we completely agree with you. There, there's nothing worse than toxic wrestling Twitter. And, yes, and I mean I, I don't want to put anybody under, but geez, it, it seems like the the, the age old statement. I, I don't even know who we could really credit for originally saying it, but everyone's a critic. Everyone has a better way to do something and. Instead of just sitting back and just enjoying the art. Yeah. Right. So everyone has their own critique. Oh, well, he, he got up too quickly or whatnot. So, yeah, you, you don't got to explain wrestling, uh, the wrestling underbelly of social media to to anyone. I think we all can agree that the, the negativity just needs to stop overall. Yeah, and it's a hindrance on the wrestling community as a whole. Like, if you're so worried about what this motherfucker's doing over here, why don't you put that energy into making yourself better instead of sitting here wasting time poking at them? Like, if you're poking at this guy for, all oh, his shots look shit, go work on your sh- strikes, motherfucker. Like, yeah. don't sit here and critique his. Go make yours better. Oh, yeah. Or, or go to fucking. wrestling school. Yeah, or get trained to begin with. Yeah. Know? It's like, oh, I've, I've never, be, I've never even been to wrestling school, and I can throw a better punch than that. It's like, okay, cool. There, there's a wrestling school. I'm just waiting for the day where people are just commenting and just tagging wrestling schools. Like, go here. Like, if, if yeah. you're so smart, go here. Like, yeah. prove it to them. We should. I'm still we should start. Something. We should start doing that with people. We should. Oh my god, we, we, we really should. With half the people and. Like or, or just like some of the pigs that comment on some of our pictures, like yeah. and you know who I'm talking about. Uh, just oh, like, yeah. just tag some of their uh, local police departments too. Like, hey, you should really keep an eye out for this guy. Like, gr- grand old guy over here. But yeah, yeah, we're, we're kind of throwing some people under the bus here. But <laughs> you obviously it stated that you got your persona, original persona, from watching mm-hmm. Sons of Anarchy. But yeah, obviously staying out of and off of social media, uh, there's yeah. other avenues and other other than watching wrestling film. What do you kind of uh-huh. find yourself doing to kind of occupy your time? What are some of your go to Hab, uh, like hobbies or habits outside of wrestling um well, I just, i'm a pretty simple guy i well, i work out as much as i can i i enjoy reading so i read a fair amount i i try to i try to watch as much new 
stuff as I can, even though I tend to lean on old favorites just because, especially in the world run today where everything's just so fucked. Like it's so, I enjoy just leaning on old favorites that I know will make me feel uh, good and that I'll get enjoyment out of, but I try not to fall into that right. And I, I play video games from time to time. I tend to stick to like uh, third person adventure games with a, with a, you know, a parallel story and it follows an arc. Like I don't, I don't go for like, first person shooters or things of that nature where it's just like it just sucked four hours out of my life and like i've done the same thing for four hours i haven't achieved shit um, like us <laughs> uh yeah i mean it teach the run it's just it's just no it's just not we not my thing several months ago we got sucked in and we've made several comments on our show there was this video game that we fell down this rabbit hole for the longest time it was called the hunter call of the wild and okay. it was literally just a hunting game. It was a first-person shooter hunting game where you could go to these different, uh, like, the these different... Just uh, these different regions around the like world. reserves where you yeah. could yeah. hunt certain things. And it was extremely realistic. It was very, very detailed. The art in itself was was pristine. It's still... I, I, I jump on the game every now and then, but we would play this... Every night, yeah. When it for like, like seven hours. Oh yeah, pre like when Corona first started. Like oh yeah, it was bad. It was one of those things you'd get so lost in. It was like it would take the stress away. Yeah, it was yeah. just so calming that yeah, you'd start playing it at like eight o'clock. Next thing you know, it's two in the morning. Yeah, right. And I've been sitting in a tree for six hours, like yeah. just staring at nothing. <laughs> it's like I could probably go do that out in the wild right now, but instead I'm. I'm watching a video game. Now, you've right. fallen down. Uh, my co-host has fallen down a new rabbit hole with uh, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 1 yes. and 2. I still haven't downloaded it. Dick. I'm sorry. See, no, I'm playing that right now, actually. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'll be honest. I played it like last Thursday when it came out. I haven't picked it up since. I've been kind of busy. Yeah, same. But I, No, I'm, sl- I'm slowly chipping away at that. It's, uh, I don't know. That's, it's a bit different for me because it's, it's nostalgic. Yes. That's exactly why. That is you know. exactly why. I I still have the uh crap. Which was the blue cartridge one? I think that was two. That it was, was Tony Hawk's that was two. two yeah. I I still have the two for the N sixty four. Well, so, here's, so here's a good so, judge so this of character. Is so much better now. Who who was always your go to on Tony Hawk's Pro Skater? Yes. Uh, uh, Bob Burquist. Oh yeah, I I was I, love- I was Bucky Lassick. That was my go to. Okay, Bucky's good. Oh, and then you know what? That was I was I was Bucky in one, but when two came out, I was Rune Glyphberg. Bless you. Thank you. Okay. Okay. So, I'm trying to. I you know no that that's who I was. I I might be flip flopping them, but who? Yeah. What's your go to? Yes. T- just everyone or yes. just Tony Hawk? No, I just kind of. <laughs> no, I kind of flip around. Gotcha. Well, because you know, obviously, all like their different skills like varied. So yeah, it's like you kind of, I kind of sit there and kind of. Here's it because you played it, and obviously, Matt's playing it as well. Is the soundtrack the same? Yes, they've. It it is the same. They've added some stuff. So they added like the new MGK song to it. I like it. I I do the fact that he's going a little more punk. I'm waiting for this album. I'm waiting for his album to drop because I want to check the rest of it. Yeah, but no, it's. Yes, album's still the same. Superman is still there. Oh, God. The Ernie's, a, here and now. 
Yes, that yeah. one's on there too. Yes. They oh, kept the songs you remember. Yes. They still have like, like they, they still have yeah, a lot of the original soundtracks from the two games and then they added some new a few newer things. Like e- even Superman by Goldfinger is on my Spotify. <laughs> oh fuck yeah! So like and it just takes me right back to oh, same here. to sitting in my room at like twelve or thirteen years oh, old just b- playing. By the Tony way, Hawk. there is a Tony Hawk's Pro Skater one and two playlist on Spotify. Is there really? Yes, there is. There is. Yeah. Oh, new favorite right there. <laughs> got it. You got to <laughs> remind me because I'm gonna forget. But that would be my like new workout mix right there. I'll I'll send you the link for it. Please. That's this is outstanding. Now you said that you you find yourself reading a lot more. What's kind of your go to in, in for? Is it more sci fi or are you more like murder uh, mystery? Like my wife, who's continuously trying to find ways to get away with murdering me. Oh no, trust me. That my my wife's the same way, and I fear for my life every day. <laughs> no. If I piss her <laughs> off one night, she knows how to kill me. Uh, um mutilate me and get rid of the evidence all in a 12 hour span so hey, I I've, walk I've, on eggshells hey I've watched CSI too you know? <laughs> yeah <laughs> no my wife uh, knows way too much about ways to kill me and sh- as she walks by she's giving me a look right now like yeah I, I already know where I would hide the body oh yeah no I've gotten that look it's not it's it's not settling no not um for the most part, I tend to stick to nonfiction. Um, if someone recommends a fiction book to me, I'll do it. I'll give it a look. But I'm, I just, I don't have enough time in my in my day to commit to a fiction book that's going to end up burning me. Um, so I basically go off recommendations only on fiction. But nonfiction, I, for the most part, I like to learn. I like to. Uh, ingest new information. So, like uh, right now, I'm reading a book called The Demon Haunted World by Professor Carl Sagan, which is basically uh, uh, debunking pseudo, uh, pseudoscience and, and myths like, uh, like fucking uh, Atlantis and ghosts and demons and, and mediums and just uh, debunking them and explaining in logical ways why they're bullshit. Um... That sounds interesting. Yeah, it's super interesting so far. And I'm also reading, or I'm doing an audiobook version of Irresistible. Uh, Irresistible, uh, uh, the rise of technology addiction and the ruse that keeps us hooked. Which is basically about addiction to technology. And it's it's pretty interesting and eye-opening, too, about uh, how much how much time people spend on their devices and the uh, the numbers and the ratios. It's mind-boggling just when you break it down. I also love comic books, too. Nice. Now, are you a Marvel or DC? I'm a solid DC guy. Understandable. Uh, what's, your, what's your go-to DC comic? Um, if you were to look... At my office currently, and my, the tattoos on my body, you would immediately, oh, you're a Batman guy. Because I have bat symbols all over, <laughs> all over my office. Um, yeah, Batman. Gotcha. Without a doubt. Yeah, I'm more of a, uh, now, don't judge me for this, but I was more of a Nightwing uh, fan in the Dark series. Hey, no, I, I love 
anything involving the Bat Family. So oh. Nightwing's cool with me. Uh, my favorite Robin, though, is t- Jason Todd. I agree. Like, I'm a huge Red Hood fan. Yeah, I, I actually, like, went into a comic book store. I took my son out to get his haircut this past weekend. And he just got a Shazam costume. Have you seen this yet, Dave? He, he, no. He has his own Shazam costume now, which he refused to take off for a good part of three days um, until I convinced him that it has to be washed, so you need to remove it. Um, he wanted to wear it to school today. Suggested that's probably not the best of ideas, but, I mean, there's always tomorrow. But we went into... <laughs> We actually went into, that was my fault, we went into the comic book store uh, near where uh, the the haircutting place was, and we <clears> went in there to kill time, and we walk in, and I just ask him, like, hey, do you have, like, anything Nightwing? And this guy, you would have thought, like, I looked at him and said, like, Marvel sucks, like, or, like, Batman is, is the worst superhero in the world. Like, he just looked at me, he's like, why Nightwing? Like and literally just like went off. I'm like, okay, cool. I'm not shopping here anymore. Good talk. Like you, he he acts like you went up to him and said, "Do you have anything, Red Robin?" Yeah. So I'm not talking to Tim Drake, you motherfucker. It's fucking Dick Yum. Grayson. Exactly. Yeah. Like you would like it, it. Literally, it was like if I walked up to him and said, "Like, hey, Val Kilmer, best Batman ever." Like hands down. Well. Well, you didn't say George Clooney, so you're already in better standing. Well, yeah, I I rethought that as the words came out of my mouth too. I was like, oh, well, there was George Clooney. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So don't, don't, Dave, how don't can, do how it. Can, how can you get? How can anyone get behind Val Kilmer? Let's be honest. He, he was much better than George Clooney. George Clooney was not believable, You're even not from believable. purely an aesthetic standpoint. Val yes. Kilmer was better than Clooney. I completely agree. He was not be- believable. He was not. I believe Val Kilmer to be a billionaire playboy far more than, than George Clooney. Yeah, because you just look at their track records of like films that they've been in. Like, come on, Top Gun. And then you got George Clooney, who was a doctor on TV forever. It didn't do anything badass at all. Like, come, you're all you're going to do is sit there and... It, like, granted, we're talking about one of the movies that you've actually seen. Fuck off, dude. <laughs> <laughs> but, no, I, I I wasn't big on the whole... You know, granted, the whole movie was just absolute garbage with... What was that? Batman and Robin? Uh, what, the Clooney one? Yeah. Yeah, that was, yeah, Batman, that was and Batman and Robin. Yeah. You got Mr. Freeze and Poison Ivy, and then you throw in Bane, and you make him just... Nothing. Now, is, no. Bane is such a compelling character. Extremely. In the comics. Like, to dumb him down to essentially being the Incredible Hulk, a a mentally, a drugged up version of Incredible Hulk. Yeah. Like, it's, it's ridiculous. He's got such a rich backstory. Why would you dumb him down to just be a one-word Neanderthal? Like, that's the biggest injustice for me of that whole movie. Yeah, we've got Mr. Freeze and his ice puns. Yeah, we've got Poison Ivy and her uh, 66 Batman dialogue. Yeah. But Bane. to just narrow Bane down to a one-word goon is just like, fuck. 
Yeah. Like, it's why I was so happy to see him be the main antagonist in Nolan's film. Whatever you think about the film, that portrayal of the character was far more satisfying for me than anything circling that character in that movie. With the exception of the voice, that was the only thing, that was the literally the only thing I couldn't get around was the voice. Why? Hey, people. People I, have, I wasn't a fan of the I, voice of Bane in Dark Knight Rises. What? I have I, I have more issue with Bale's ma- voice than I do that voice. That made the fucking move. That made the character. And now my wife wants to chime in. That She's made going to the kill character. Me. And it, the fact that they, they were just, able to make a whole South Park episode kind of around it. And we go back to South it Park. It fucking worked. <laughs> but, uh, dude. <laughs> yes, I fully agree. Christian Bale, I am the Bat. Like, whatever his crazy, like, fucking whatever Batman voice. I'm talking Batman about voice. Bane's voice. No, I. but you did bring, he brought up Christian Bale. Like, yes. he had more. But still, yes, that is more of a problem than Bane. Like, I understand the fact that they had to go back and re-record, like, all of, like, Bane's audio because when they did it originally, you couldn't hear it. So you can you can tell that the audio from Bane is, like, over, is, is yeah. over top. Yeah, you can, and that's fine. I'm fine with it, but it fucking works for the character. Okay, I'll give you that. Yeah. Have you seen the trailer for the Batman with Robert pa- uh, Robert Pattinson? Yet? Uh, I have not seen only I, I, only I, like only fifty times now. I think. Oh yeah, I have, I, I'm the same number. I have yeah. not seen anything in regards to the one any portrayal of Ben Affleck, and I have not seen any portrayal of Robert Pattinson, and because he was in all the stupid Twilight movies, I will probably refuse to see it. And I will I will take your, your comment there, but we felt the same way about Heath Ledger as the Joker. No, but you and, know, but Heath Ledger is actually a good fucking talent. But if you look at this uh, trailer, Robert Pattinson makes a good Batman. Uh, uh, we're going to watch it. We're gonna watch. Here's it. here's my question. To, here's my question to that. Though. Have you seen any of Pattinson's work outside of those Twilight movies? No, I refuse to. Have you seen any of his indie work that he's done in the past few years? I refuse to watch anything that involves him. <laughs> well, then, wow. then you're being closed-minded about it, and you have your opinions invalid. Thank you, thank you. I like this. Unless you're willing to give the guy a shot and look at his work outside of those films, then you have your opinion doesn't matter. In this particular case, the 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 um the trailer itself, it, it just now. Granted, when I heard like when he came out saying um that he wasn't gonna work out, he, he didn't think that it was valid or whatnot. I did have my reservations with it, but well, guess what? Keaton didn't either, motherfucker. And he's I agree. arguably the most iconic live action Batman so far. I I completely agree. So, and just this trailer itself, like you, you even said, like you've watched it 50 times. I probably watch it the same amount too. So yeah, it, it, it looks phenomenal. But the thing that is so exciting about this movie is that it's a, it's going to be a fucking detective story. Yeah. It's not this grand, like over the top. Oh no, there's a bomb in the city. Another fucking bomb. Yeah. Like it's a noir detective story something that batman has been lacking in every single film adaptation of him is being a fucking detective yeah and we're finally going to get to get some of that in this movie and it's grounded and it's it's oh fuck i can't tell you <laughs> oh no i'm like, i'm the same way like i i'm up for I it 
and, and yeah. almost every argument I have is it, when it comes to Heath Ledger. There were so many people that jumped down uh, Nolan's throat. Like, why would you? Because they're looking at his his background with like ten things I hate about you, and then also with uh, a Knight's Tale. And they're like, how could he be the Joker? It's like, well. You know what? He's gonna walk himself in a in a hotel room, and he's gonna watch Clockwork Orange for hours on end, endlessly, until he can get this perfect character. So he's going to hurt. He's going to push himself to the point where he's going to end up killing himself accidentally for this fucking role. You ingrates. Yeah. Um. And, the thing that I'm most excited about, though, this film is. The fact that I didn't even recognize Colin Farrell in that trailer. Oh yeah, like I I forget who posted it, but it was it was a little insensitive. But at the same point, it it, it did kind of just make you think, like, well, yeah, they could have just did that. They were they said like I didn't even notice that it was Colin Farrell. They could have easily just hired this character, and like they did a side by side with the two characters. And they look exactly the same, and I, I would I'm gonna have to find it and send it to you. I can't remember. Yeah. It's one of those actors it you was, know their face. It wasn't Charles Grodin, was it? Yes, it was. You're yes. Yeah, I've gotten I've seen both Charles Grodin and Richard Kind. Oh yeah. So like I understand where they're coming from from that, but yeah, I did not even know that that was Colin Farrell, but. It, that's what's so impressive about it, though. Is like I thought it was going to be Colin Farrell with like silver hair and a monocle, like oh, I'm the Penguin. When you you look like Spoiler fucking Colin Farrell, like you look like a fucking swab Penguin. Penguin's not fucking swab. He's not handsome. No. So the fact they went to the length to do that good of a makeup job for this guy shows the commitment they're willing to go to for character accuracy in this movie oh yeah i'm i'm pumped for it but obviously we we could talk batman for for hours on yeah but i'm i'm sorry you get (laughs) i know i'm I'm being long-winded but no 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 no. i i would love to continue the conversation with you we'd love to have you back on we we don't want to take too much of your time we know it's late for you but if you do want to follow along you want to see where you can find matt next you can find him all across social media he's tagged in all of our posts be sure to follow him as well. Drop him a line. Let him know that you heard him on our show. Head on over to ProWrestlingTees.com. Search Matt Connard, and you can find all of his merch there. You can pick up your own Fuck Your Trademark shirt and support him wherever you are in the world. But, Matt, we truly appreciate you coming on here, and best of luck going into uh, the rest of 2020. And when you get your tickets for The Batman, let me know which theater. I'll come meet you. We'll watch it together for like like the entire day. Absolutely, man. I'm down. <laughs> Sounds good. So did you watch All Out on Saturday? Uh... <laughs> I'll take that as a no. Uh... I like. <laughs> I anticipated watching it, but like I was at work until like. Even then, it's like what they have their dark. They have their AEW dark on Tuesday that has like forty seven matches. Then I'm supposed to get excited about Wednesday, you know, Wednesday night dynamite or whatever it is, and it's the same like the same bullshit every week. And I'm then I'm supposed to get excited about a pay, you know, their pay per view. Yeah, well, uh, you I could can't. Look at- I, I wasn't too pumped for it. Like even some some of, of our friends even reached out asking if I was going to order it, but I had to work. And even 
even if I wasn't working, like I like no disrespect to AEW, but like it really hasn't grabbed like AEW Dark on Tuesdays to me has been more entertaining. When like, they have fifty seven matches. Yeah, but it's all these names of individuals, like a large majority of them are former guests on our but show. But it's supposed to only be like my understanding was Dark was only supposed to be like an hour. That's how what long, I thought. How long is it now? I, I, I don't know. I like in, granted to, I, to me that that means I fast this forward is to the ha- matches I want to see. This has to that has to be like two two and a half hours if you want to show thirty two matches. It needs to be yeah, but like the pay per view itself, like there were only a few matches on there that really. There was really only one that I gave a damn about, and I was very surprised at the outcome. Which match did you give a damn about? Moxley. Oh, Moxley and MJF. Yeah, I was I was shocked. I was I, hoping that I, they were going to put it on MJF. The way everything kept going, I honestly thought that's where they were going to go. I, I think that they're building towards it, just not now. It is the way that I'm looking at it. What if? What if we've discussed this before? So let's see. What if they're going to skip MJF and give it to Wardlow? I would love that. You you don't need to sell me on that. I'm sold already. Put the strap on Wardlow. That they're going to build this rivalry and then somehow Wardlow's the one that does it. I love that idea. But the match that I was excited for was FTR and uh, Omega and Hangman. I, I wasn't because you knew you knew I FTR know. was going to win. I know. They're, they're building towards the Bucks and FTR. It's but it's like, and they've also been they've also been teasing this, you know, this whole like divide between Hangman Omega for it Bunch. feels like a year. Oh yeah, it's easily been a year. Yeah, it was only a matter of time. And what well, what was the what was the last one that you had over here that I came over for? I don't remember. I when it was AEW, you were over here for All or Nothing. Was that All or Nothing? Was I, that just in May? Yeah. Or whenever the hell that was? No, that was like April. No, that was like March or something. No. That was earlier this year. Well, no, because all, no, Double or Nothing was always like Memorial Day weekend. I, I, I don't, was it I haven't then? ordered, like, it was only, like, there was a crowd was, when we watched it. No, it was just like you, me, Shannon, and I think JT showed up for part of it. I. Uh, I'm not was 100% so, I certain. Because I don't think... No, because I don't think... So, no, because Brian came... Well, Brian was going to come over. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Irrelevant. irrelevant. It was it, it was at least before COVID happened, so it's it been was. a while. It, we, I did not order an event when there was no crowd. So I, I... No, that's true. Yeah, there was a crowd. I think it was all or nothing, if memory serves me correctly. Uh, what was the main event? Do you remember? Because I don't. I think that's. I think that's the was. I think that was the one that. Uh, that was the Jericho. Wasn't and... that when Moxley finally won it? No. No. Yeah. I think that was the one that Moxley finally won it. Yeah, that was the event God, that you were over for. God, I'm gonna have to like Google that. Yeah, I don't you're gonna have remember. to because my memory is shot. So, but speaking of memory shot, obviously, Man we touch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It, that's a conversation for a different day, and now no, WWE when, when apparently it, it be, is making fun of it. So with they? last night with Ivar or something, apparently he like threw up the axes like in the match, like he was hurt. No, but he no, there he's claiming he's hurt. I 
Mm, you okay? There's some I, people I didn't that are read. saying that it, it's a work. So we'll see what happens oh, there. But I, 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 I haven't I looked haven't. too much into it because I I didn't watch that because there wasn't much on there that really seemed to kind of get you know get me excited. Uh, there hasn't been a lot on the mainstream that has really gotten me excited. I I've been more excited for what's happening at Independent and. Uh, the shows that are starting to pick back up. Congratulations, obviously, going out to AIW for returning this past weekend. Fantastic event in Indianapolis. So huge shout-out to them in a year we didn't think that we would ever see an AIW show. So congratulations to them finally making it happen and and returning wrestling to these fans. And I know plenty of people that made that drive out to Indianapolis, and thankfully the weather held out for them too. So... Huge congratulations going out to them. But this coming weekend, we got a big event. And before we touch on Super Indie, what I love is IWC came out and announced their card for feature presentation, which obviously did need to be altered a little bit. All right, so you're right. It It was was at uh, Revolution on Leap Day. You're right. Yes, it was Revolution. Okay. So, yeah, that was literally right before the Rona. Yeah, it was right before it. It was the last, I, it was yeah. one of the last events that they had. So, I, I thought it was all or nothing, but yeah. yeah, Revolution. So, that was, I think that was like the last collective pay per view watch party we had. Yeah, it was February 29th. Yeah, because yeah. we really didn't have anything for, for Mania or SummerSlam or anything like that. Yeah. Pretty much it's just been a, hey, if you want to stop by, come on by. Yeah. But um, they announced the card for pre- feature presentation. Oh, they announced. I did not see that they but re-announced they still, it. They, they still have Spencer Slade versus uh, Johnny Patch. Like, okay, does that mean that that's Johnny probably Patch just is, a plate? That's probably just a plate. But they don't say like mystery. It says Johnny Patch. Like for the IWC. High stake for the Super, Super Indie Championship, but and I but they gar- still have the high stakes championship on the line. Yay! But excited I, for yeah, but seed. I guarantee, but I guarantee you, it's it's going to be subject. You know, like everything else, cards subject to change. Yeah, I I completely agree. But just kind of going over it, they finally they've announced the 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 tallies and the the bracket for IWC Super Indie nineteen coming up this Saturday. So. Some of our predictions were pretty close to what we originally had thought. Obviously, first round, we got Lee Moriarty versus Zach Nystrom, which I'm excited to see. Then we have Sam Adonis versus Johnny Patch. Champion right there. Huge uh, huge mountain to climb right there in the first round. We got Ace Austin going up against Atticus. And then in the final bout, we have Facade and Brian Pillman Jr. So just kind of taking us through, we'll just we'll obviously just touch on our brackets. Who do you have? Let's go. First match here, Sam Adonis, Johnny Patch. It's going to be Johnny Patch. I, I'm taking Johnny Patch as well. Uh, Atticus and Ace Austin. It's probably going to be Atticus there. I'm taking Ace Austin. I, I, I think that... They're gonna give Ace the the pass to the second round. I don't. So. Th- I don't think so. I think they're on. I th- my thought is they're gonna have Atticus go there. I think you're gonna have Nystrom beat Lee, 
You're going to have Pillman beat Facade. You don't see Moriarty getting out of the first round? No, because I think because then you're, you're they're going to want to build nice they'll build Nystrom and Atticus, and honestly because of the way the bracket has has they have the bracket laid out here, it's probably going to be nice. It's probably I think Nystrom will go over on Atticus. I think Patch will go over on on Pillman. So if you got Patch versus Nystrom. Oh. I like that though, I, especially with the back and forth banter between, uh, I, between Mandime and Patch. I think it, it does kind of work out. And I, I, and I th- and I think that could be one then that uh, who they wait who oh they said, Pat, Patch Spencer Slate. Oh, hmm. I like that. I'm Ni- liking this that, a lot more. I am that maybe Nystrom wins there. Wow. And then you get ni- then you actually get Nystrom the following week to re to kick up that rivalry again the Nystrom Slade. Then you got Nystrom versus Spencer Slade, That's and then you about. have then you got Mandime and and Nystrom versus Steak and Eggs. Mm-hmm. So we're gonna get a double shot of Nystrom. So double and champ no, there. And I you know I obviously I could be- still see Johnny. I could still obviously see Johnny Patch walking away with it. But, but I, I like it's your, but your the concept. way but the way that thing the way the bracket has lined up, yeah, and that they're still at least for now have said Patch versus Slade next week. I mean, at uh, well the following week, yeah, at feature presentation, that 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 could line up that way. I, I would I I wouldn't be opposed to it. I I've always been a fan of Zach Nystrom. I I'm not against anyone in the tournament whatsoever. I think they're going to be seven phenomenal matches overall. But I like, in no disrespect to anybody else, but I like Nystrom versus Patch in the finals. I like that. I, I would even like it more, but I think that it deserves a little bit more of a buildup. So I don't see Nystrom taking it right now. Now, he might, and... Who knows? This could build to something more down the line. Who, but I I think that that matchup with Nystrom versus Spencer Slade needs more of a buildup. I think that it's more of a story to tell, especially with what happened. Yeah, but then it doesn't mean that even if they go up against each other, that that's that. Let's say the ending is clean, yeah. or that there is even an ending. And that's what I'm saying. Like they can build from there to more. Yeah. So I'm not saying that they wouldn't do that because this, I think it needs to be more of a buildup. Like maybe like he gets himself disqualified because he wants to focus on the IWC Tag Team Championships. Maybe that that could be something cool. Mm-hmm. And then Slade gets involved in the Tag Team Championship match. I mean, th- th- there's tons of things that can happen. One other thing that's going to happen is if you look at the lineup for feature presentation, you will notice that. The IWC Heavyweight Championship will no longer be defended at feature presentation. I know it will that's. Be, what I was just gonna say you you may get your your wish. It needs to be the main event. It needs to be steak and eggs versus Team Big League needs to be the main event of feature presentation. So and you're it's probably going gonna to get be. that now. We probably are, but at IWC Super Indie 19, we're going to see the rematch between none other than Jimmy Vegas and Jack Pollock. And from what I'm reading from Pollock, it's no DQ. Give up or die. 
That's it's no as he said what no DQ yeah no ref stoppage yeah no ref stoppage no nothing it's literally I win or I die is the way that he's looking at it so I in this one no disrespect to to our good friends I mean they're both good friends of ours I shouldn't say no disrespect to any of them but I, I'd be happy with any of the results but in this particular matchup I I'm taking Pollock. I kind of want to lean that way, too. All right. Well, then the next match we have at Super They Eight. They also moved the women's title match there. I did see that. Yes. And now. And I, and we were both. And we were, we were kind of wrong. It's, it is Danny Moe, not Danimo. Danny Moe. The, the way. But Danimo. It just kind of rolls off the tongue. Danny so Mo. I okay. apologize. But Danny Moe and Ray Lynn for the IWC Women's Championship. Who you got in this one? Does your opinion still change now that it's two weeks later and a week before we would originally see it? If that made sense. It made sense in my head, though. Do you see a different result? No, nah, I, I, I think Raylan still walks out. I still think Raylan walks out as well. But overall, I, I'm excited for the tournament. There, there's, a lot of, there, there's a lot of good things that could happen with super indie building up into the later parts of 2020 but i i love your philosophy behind it with patch and yeah just and seeing nice how they actually like have set the bracket yeah that's that it it, it looks like they there is a path to nystrom winning I, I i wouldn't be opposed to it like i mentioned so either way there's only going to be one way you're going to see it it's either in person at Washington Wildling Stadium or live on the IWC Network available on the IWC Network. Go to IWCWrestling.com. We cannot stress that enough to Mr. Andrew Palace. Do not dis... We, we, do, we hope he's learned by now. But we hope so, too. It's been but a year. Head on over to IWC Wrestling. Subscribe to the network so you can watch it live from the comfort of your own home if you cannot make it out to Washington Wild Things Park. But that's going to do it for this week's episode. Be sure to subscribe if you haven't done so yet. Be sure to head on over to whatamaneuver.net. Grab our shirt. Send us a picture with you wearing our shirt. We'll throw it out on the show. But we will see all of you at feature presentation next weekend, September 19th. If you haven't gotten your tickets as of yet, do so now.